0: So the best way, I mean, if you're really interested is just study deals and deal flow and whatever comes to your desk, whatever questions you might have, you got to, you got to keep studying and make sure it's, it's something that's right for you.
1: This is the Everything Real Estate Investing Show with Sean Penn, where we interview local real estate investors and professionals to go over tips, tricks, and investing strategies to help you learn about the business and to enable you to achieve your financial goals. And now welcome to the show. Hey everyone, and welcome to another episode of the everything real estate investing show with Sean Pan. Today we have Jerome Yuan. Jerome is a hotel syndicator and at one point his portfolio consisted of $1 billion worth of hotels. He'll be sharing his story of how he got into the hotel space and how he was able to leverage partnerships to do larger deals. If you're interested in understanding how investing in hotels work, you need to listen to this episode. If you enjoy this episode, subscribe to the show and leave a review. We release episodes every Wednesday and Sunday and release the show notes on our site, everythingrei.com. Enjoy! Go ahead and introduce yourself and let us know who you are and how you got into real estate investing. My name is Jerome Yuan, worked work
0: at a family office, basically, with my father and my uncle. And we've been doing real estate investing, mostly in the commercial real estate and specifically... In the hotel space for over 10 to 12 years now, the way we started was just backing into this sector back in the financial crisis, 2008, 2009. my family figured it was a good time to jump back in into real estate and we looked around on uh, different asset classes, uh, office, retail apartments um, and uh, hotels mainly, and found that there were a lot of uh, opportunities in the hotel sector that we can take advantage of. And we kind of jumped on the opportunity once it presented itself, uh, rather whether through like bank foreclosure, bank notes, or um, just distressed assets uh, with working through with sellers. So the the past you know 12, 12 years have been a good run, especially in the hotel sector because the cash flows have been great. And we've just been leveraging uh, ourselves and our our education to keep growing and doing more deals uh, one by one.
1: Did you guys have experience with real estate investing before all this?
0: Yeah. So minor, minor experience. My father, in the 80s and 90s, they did some development, uh, mostly condos, small units, like six to eight unit condo developments and uh, would sell it off. And then... You know, we had some legacy type of um, real estate investments uh, just in the family, like a small apartment unit, like 15-unit apartment, and then some farmland up in um, Bakersfield um, that we just kind of leased out. You know, we didn't have specific experience in the hotel sector, so we kind of just learned as we went along.
1: Hotels is such such an, like, ambitious project, don't you think? Like most people, when they go into real estate investing, they buy like a single family house or they flip a home.
0: We, we were fortunate enough to be able to kind of pool our money together with overseas investors, you know, just from networking and my, my family's background. Um, during that time, a lot of money was coming in from, from China and Asia. You know, we would look at projects together. And so obviously, at that time, we didn't have, you know, millions of dollars to kind of put down on our first um, project. So we kind of syndicated the investment together with a partner where they put in about 90% of the capital and we put in 10%. And, you know, they needed some local knowledge to walk them through everything here. Um, So we're kind of fortunate in that way where we started with a big partner that wanted to do bigger deals.
1: So this partner is overseas and have just a lot of capital. They want to invest in something in the United States. You guys are like the boots on the ground and able to offer, I guess, operational expertise. Right. Yeah, exactly. So, yeah, they're overseas. So we, what we did was we, you know,
0: we are the asset manager um, instead of like the property manager. But we, we do have a property manager at the hotel that we hire as a third party and they're approved by the brands and stuff. But we act as an asset manager. So almost like an owner's representative that's here in the U.S. But we, we negotiate with the property manager, their contract. We negotiate with the lender. If there's a loan, uh, we negotiate with the, the franchise, the brand. Um, if there's a brand like Marriott or Hilton. Um, and, and we do mainly the, the big ticket items um, in terms of CapEx. So anything above, you know, like $5,000. At the hotel, we gotta approve anything and and pay for that capex coming from all,
1: our office. How were you sourcing those deals when you were just getting started?
0: It's funny because in two thousand nine, and so we actually closed our first hotel in two thousand ten. Uh, two thousand nine, we're just you know talking to brokers and and talking to banks. It took us like almost a whole year to to source the first deal, but. But when we closed in 2010, it was like early 2010, um, you know we were at least in Southern California or Los Angeles. We were the only group that purchased the hotel that whole year that was over you know thirty million bucks. Um, so we kind of made a name for ourselves in the industry and said, you know everyone, all the brokers, all the management companies." Came to us after that and said, "Who are these guys? <laughs> Why are they buying a hotel?" And, you know, so at this time when nobody else is buying. So we kind of um, built a reputation at that time, um, you know, so that people would come to us if they had any deals, and because they knew we can close, we were interested and and wanted to get get deals done.
1: And did you have your money partner already lined up, or did you try to look for deals first? Yes, we had the money partner lined up. He,
0: he wanted to diversify out of China and wanted to put, um, put money to work here. And so we, we looked together at all those different asset classes and, and just fell upon hotels. So, we're, yeah, we're lucky in that way.
1: So go ahead and tell me the quick story of how you found this first hotel deal. Where was it and why did that particular deal look attractive to you?
0: It, it was a broker deal through uh, JLL but it was also a bank foreclosure. So they were working on behalf of the lender and um, you, you know, you could take it over uh, REO once you, once you purchase. So it was attractive because the basis was so low. It was a 450 key Marriott in downtown Los Angeles, um, an old Marriott, uh, which has since changed to an independent boutique hotel, but for 450 keys, you know, We could buy it for about $60 which was basically the amount of the note um, with a little bit of discount. So that's kind of where we came up with, you know, why this was attractive is, one, it's a downtown LA. We knew that downtown LA is transforming. It's a good location. I mean, it's all about location. Um, And that, you know, we were in, at the cost of the lender. So we felt like we were safe. Obviously it's you know non-performing asset that we had to inject a lot of capital, working capital as well as spend on the renovation. But we felt putting that money would be worth it um, after doing all the due diligence.
1: So that's pretty amazing. And obviously back then there were some great discounts. How about now? What are you looking for now?
0: yeah now now is a lot different where you know we've had a long kind of run in the cycle um, some of the hotels that we have across the country you know you can see kind of a, s i don't want to say slowdown, but it's you know kind of um slower growth in terms of uh one year after the other so now. Just based on my experience and the lessons learned, uh, because I'm located in California, I want to stay, if there is a hotel, I want to stay in California or major markets like New York or Manhattan or or New Jersey, something like that. Uh, Markets that I know that I've been in and that I can understand fairly easily. So I'm not going to go into a new market in like Chicago or something like that, even though I'm sure it's a great market. I just, I would have to start over and learn about the whole city and the market demand. And because, you know, because we're such late in the cycle, I want to make sure that our uh, cap rate that we go in is reasonable um, for that market. So whether it's an eight cap, seven cap, something like that in California is something that's more reasonable and that can support the distributions that, that I'm promising my investors.
1: So what are those, like what is your buying criteria and what are the distributions that you're kind of telling your investors? We've always kept it simple. So distributions are
0: 8% preferred um, and we keep the waterfall and the, and the hurdle, you know, very simple and easy. 8% is kind of the hurdle. Um, and then the buying, buying criteria, yeah, if it's, if it's in, like urban, downtown, kind of LA, San Francisco, obviously cap rate can be lower. Uh, but if it's in the suburbs, then we, I got to get like seven and a half to eight percent in terms of cap rate for the hotel. Yeah. Um, yeah.
1: Because you're talking about seven, eight percent. I know people who are buying hotels here in San Jose or San Francisco for like a three caps. Crazy. <laughs> Right. Every investor has different criteria. So it could be, you know, trophy
0: property or distressed asset or it uh, could be a huge value add play, you know, um, depending on where they're buying it. So, so everybody's different, but at least for me and for, you know, where we are, I, I got to have a seven or eight cap in this. I mean, especially in the hotel sector, if you, if you buy such a low cap rate um, – you could get in trouble, It could.
1: Does hotel require a lot more work than let's say multifamily?
0: Right, I mean hotels is a completely different animal. It, depending on the size of the hotel, there's anywhere from 40 to 100 employees uh, working at the hotel. And people check in and out on a daily basis. So definitely, there's no like, lo- there's couple long-term contracts, but majority of the hotel is, is daily volume, daily transactions. So, there's a lot more operational activity that needs to go on on a daily basis to watch over the hotel. I mean, and that's also the reason why there's like kind of the arbitrage opportunity where operationally, one management company, one owner to another owner have different investment philosophies and different uh, ways to manage. And so one owner can make a lot of money with the same hotel asset compared to another owner. And it just depends on how they want to manage and how they want to own the asset.
1: So what do you think separates you and your company from, let's say, another hotel operator? We're
0: hands-on. I'm not saying other people are not hands-on. But we, we watch the expense line items extremely carefully. Um, just because the flow through, you know, in apartments if you have the net income compared to the gr- gross revenues could be like 45, 50% for net income from the gross revenue. But for the full service hotels that we're looking at, um, it could be, you know, the net income can be 20 25% of the gross income. And so every dollar that we save is a dollar to the bottom line. You know, one thing that we do is definitely watch the cost extremely carefully. The other thing that we do is we we watch the cost of the renovations extremely carefully. So we have a team kind of in-house project management that does all the construction and design and walk us through the renovations so that, you know, we we try not to go over budget. We try not to go past the uh, deadlines um, in terms of uh, construction. And so that kind of helps us. Um, save money in that sense. I mean, I think the business-wise it's hard. It's hard for us to generate revenue for the hotels just because all of our hotels are across the country. You know, we really rely on the property manager, the brands, the the management team in-house at the property to generate that revenue. But expense-wise, we try to keep things in line.
1: And what are some of the things that like a new operator might not know when they're getting into this business? (laughs) (laughs) there's there's a couple of things i mean you know
0: one the property manager that you pick is extremely important for the hotel i mean if you don't even want to think about it you can hire the franchise to manage the hotel there's plus or minus to everything but first things first is the property manager is the most important thing and digging deeper is really the general manager at the hotel that's the most important uh, person for you to communicate with. They're like the CEO of your hotel and they're there day to day talking to all the employees and the clients and customers and, and the brands and stuff. So they, that person kind of steers the ship for the whole asset. And so you just got to be very careful, make sure you pick the right person they understand where you're, trying to do um they know the ins and outs of how to manage the reservation system and you know follows all of your guidelines um, in terms of operations
1: yeah it sounds like all this like similar problems that we have on the residential side just on a much grander scale
0: Mm. right i mean yeah it's, it's very similar you know like kind of like fixing and flipping houses is similar to fixing and flipping hotels i'm just yeah it's just a bigger dollar amount
1: So I remember when I first met you, you said you couldn't make it to our event because you were busy closing, or I guess putting down a down payment on a large hotel in Texas. And I remember you said the down payment was like $3 million. And I was just like, my mind exploded because that's the purchase (laughs) price of a whole home here in like Palo Alto. And you know that's all you guys own, like the Queen Mary, right? The hotels for the Queen Mary. You Mm -hmm. own some hotels in Florida for like Nickelodeon. I was wondering, you have so many projects. Do you have a favorite one?
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I don't. <laughs> you know, one of um, there there is a Double Tree in San Pedro in Los Angeles. That one probably has, is the closest, nearest, and dearest in my heart. Um, it's one of the earliest hotels that we purchased in, in like 2012. Um, and we bought it like, you know, for dirt cheap um for like 12 million bucks at that time and you know i don't think that we'll i don't think we will ever going to sell that thing because our basis is so low that one's on the water or by the water and we spent money to renovate it so it's it's nice kind of resort-like feeling um and we've had a good time owning that for the past six seven years yeah there really isn't a favorite. I, I try not to get too emotionally attached to any of the, the investments um, just because it'll make it harder for us to sell and, and exit when the timing is right. Um, but yeah, I think that one is my favorite.
1: <laughs> I totally understand. Totally understand. Because at the end, it's a numbers game. You don't want to get attached to everything. Right. So I was wondering, how do you fund your deals? Because I'm pretty sure it's not just one guy funding you guys 90% and you guys are 10% anymore. What are you guys trying to do right. to fund? Yeah. Uh, we have different funding sources
0: um, for our mo- most recent projects. And mainly it's it's friends and family. So friends and family would come in for the majority, I would say 65, you know, two thirds of the investment money. And then the one third, you know, the last last two or three projects, we actually tried crowdsourcing. So we've done online crowdfunding and, Raise a couple million dollars just to try it out and see how it goes. Um, but yeah, we have different sources and obviously the high net worth individuals that we've worked with in the past and some institutional partners that we've done in the past, um, uh, have come back as well. But, but mainly it's just friends and family and, and this crowdfunding thing.
1: So do you guys usually do 25% down and then get like some large bank to cover the rest?
0: Um, yeah, we try to be more conservative because um, hotels are a lot more volatile type of commercial real estate. So we do at least thirty to
1: thirty-five percent
0: down, and then we go out and get a loan for sixty to sixty-five
1: percent. Okay, and then you said that you guys do like eight percent pref, and on the back end, what does that waterfall structure usually look like? Eight percent pref
0: then 100% total return to investors. And that's including our money that we put in. And we, we, you know, we put in anywhere from 10 to 25% of the capital stack also. And then 100% to the investors back. And then it's, it's 70-30 split. 70-30 to the investors,
1: right?
0: Right. 70 to investors, 30 to, to us as the manager.
1: How big is your guys' asset portfolio now?
0: So we just actually did a transaction where we
1: sold six of our hotels
0: to a public REIT in Singapore for $250 million
1: um,
0: (laughs) for the six hotels. I've been gradually selling the hotels since uh, 2017 just because I have a feeling timing is right and I just – don't want to hold on to too much risk um, as we get later on in the cycle. But anyway, so, so we just sold six. We only have three hotels left in the portfolio, which, you know, the three hotels, about $150 million, something like that.
1: I mean, that's yeah. still a lot.
0: <laughs> <laughs> it sounds like a lot. Real estate is funny. It, you know, it sounds like a lot. You can leverage. Um, but really, like, you know, sometimes you're just you're still cash poor. You know, you're asset rich
1: and cash poor. That's how it is on L levels, man, because you buy all these different houses, but you run out of cash at some point. Exactly, exactly. I mean, so you're actually pretty big on the space. Do you have any opinions on, I don't know, I guess like public raisers, like, I guess like Grant Cardone, who's very big out there, getting people to invest in his syndication deals?
0: You know, yeah, I'm not too familiar with like a lot of the syndicators out there in terms of other asset classes, I guess. For hotels, like, the only real groups that I deal with are like private equity funds and management companies and institutional guys, where I know that they're still raising a lot of money and chasing a lot of the same deals. Um, so, I mean, I think there's a lot of deals out there. There's a lot of, let me take it that. There's a lot of money out there chasing fewer and fewer deals. And so I feel like that just drives up the price on the hotels. My belief in the syndication is like, it's more about the project. If the project makes sense, then you can raise money for it. If it's, and I mean, the sponsor obviously is important and the track record and uh, you know, if they're trustworthy and all that type of stuff, uh, you know, that has to be a given, but you've got to look at the project. It, I don't think like the funds system kind of you invest in a fund and, you know, let us let us take care of the investment. It's I think that can be that can be hit or miss and and it's harder to kinda of evaluate.
1: I guess the problems that you have on the grand scale are similar to the problems we have on the small scale, but you guys profit way more because you're doing much bigger deals. Would you recommend that people get into you know larger commercial properties, or should it start with these small single family homes and complexes first?
0: I think it's really up to that individual investor and how they see things. Um, I think a lot of people could get intimidated by doing bigger deals. you know it, it's all about a, about risk appetite and their their kind of investment knowledge. I would say start small like I personally start small too, like we just kind of built two spec houses down here in LA to see how, how kind of construction and development works, um, because we're thinking about doing development now. And so, you know, we just built two houses from the ground up and sold them. And just to see if it's something we want to try on a bigger scale and, big, and building a hotel or any other commercial real estate.
1: Do you have any advice for any new investors who want to get into the hotel space? How would you even try to get into your space?
0: Uh, yeah. Oh man. Yeah, it's
1: been a while, so I'm not exactly sure what
0: what the best way to get in. I think you just gotta look at as many deals as you can. You know, when we hire new employees for our for a company, you know, I just I just keep sending them deals to study. Um, and they just gotta, you know, basically review all the deals. Uh, review, uh, review the demand drivers and, you know, what are the value add propositions um, just to get yourself familiar with the asset class and location and and everything. Um, So, so the best way, I mean, if you're really interested is just study deals and deal flow and whatever comes to your desk, whatever questions you might have, you gotta, you gotta keep studying and make sure it's, it's something that's right for you.
1: How large is the company now? How many
0: employees do you guys have? Yeah, we don't have... I mean, we're still like, you know, small company, 10, 10 employees because we, we're more of an asset manager and, and we're like trying to keep it light in our own office. Yeah, we're, we're still a small company. I mean, it's funny. Like we had a portfolio that was worth at one time close to a billion dollars, but we're still like 10 to... Fifteen employees in our office. Um, that's that's why that's why I think like asset value and, and in real estate it's kind of it's kind of strange, you know, a number to evaluate. But I guess there's no other way to kind of evaluate.
1: <laughs> oh yeah, I mean, there's people who have like seventy member operations, but all they do is flip homes, and they're nowhere in the one million dollar asset value range.
0: <laughs> right.
1: Yeah. So like, what are like those daily tasks that you're having your team do? It's all like
0: whatever fires that come up at the hotel level that reach up, reach our desk on a daily basis. So it could be, it could be, you know, CapEx, then these get paid right away. It could be, um, you know, any uh, violation that popped up after the last uh, fire life safety test from the local, you know, fire station, or it could be just the brand is, is visiting the hotel and getting the, the hotel ready for a QA quality assurance inspection. Yeah. That's like 20%, 30% of the day. And the other 30% is like taking care of asset level, like lender questions, investor questions, brand, um, correspondence. And then the last, you know, 30 to 40% is just spending time on finding new deals, doing, um, underwriting and reporting to current investors and you know general
1: office type work
0: here in
1: the headquarters and for finding new deals are you guys doing more broker outreach or are you guys such a big name that you're <laughs> actually getting all the deals to your desk now?
0: i really believe in building the broker network so we always try to
1: do more broker
0: outreach uh, they're very important to you know the deal flow because we need deals they're one of the first people to kind of hear deals. I have a team here that reaches out to them, talk to them. I mean, we do get emails from email blasts from all the big brokerage houses, but um, yeah, we reach out. And then we reach out to like the, the management companies, third-party managers that manage hotels for other owners. They, they get, you know, firsthand information if other owners are trying to sell. I really believe in trying to build up that network because it's important. Especially in real estate, you know, your reputation is very important.
1: Yep, absolutely. And staying top of mind is very important as well. Yep, yep. Now that you have so much experience and you know kind of, you know more of what you're doing now, if you can go back in time and say 20 years from now, what advice would you give yourself? That's a good question. 20 years, going back in time, I would just, I would tell myself to kind of
0: focus more time on studying, Different real estate asset classes, and trying to make sure I understand each asset class in greater detail. Just because you know, now that I do understand hotels and this asset class, and I do, and I've been exiting out of hotels, I do want to kind of expand and go into different asset classes. But I'm just kind of like starting over now, and and doing all due diligence on on a whole bunch of stuff.
1: Yeah. It's fun to jump asset classes, but also very scary because now like you said it's starting all over. <laughs> yes. Yes. All right. So how can people get in contact with you? Our
0: company uh, website is um, ASAPholdings.com. That has all, the, all of our contact information. I, I get emails on a daily basis. So feel free to email me or call the uh, office number on there. That goes directly to me. Awesome.
1: Well Jerome, thank you so much for your time today and telling us everything that we need to know about hotels.
0: Thank you so much for inviting me. Take care.
1: Take care. Here are some of the key takeaways from this episode. Partner with someone who has a lot of funds to do big projects. It's much easier to do deals after your first one because brokers now know that you're serious. And when you're investing in someone else's deal, it needs to be project specific. Jerome doesn't think the hedge fund model works. Your reputation is also very important in real estate, so keep a clean record. Treat everyone with respect and constantly follow up. I hope you all learned a lot. You can find the show notes on our site, everythingrei.com. Thanks and have a great day. This was another episode of the Everything Real Estate Investing Show with Sean Pan. If you enjoyed the show, leave us a five-star rating. It'll take less than a second and it'll help a lot. You can contact me at seanpanrealty at gmail.com. That's S-E-A-N-P-A-N-R-E-A-L-T-Y at gmail.com.